It has been a while since I got to talk to you because we had the two weeks, last two weeks you've had uh, other people, and there was no class for one of those weeks. And then before then, there was no class because of holidays. So I got lost. Did we cover Lazarus and the resurrection? We did, didn't we? And here, if you don't remember, then we, I did a horrible job. Regardless, I'm going to, um, to move us past Lazarus to John 11:45. I think we went through Lazarus. So if we didn't, let me know. I can always back up. And I hope you're going to enjoy the thin places. It's going to be a stretch for some, but um, some of you are not Celts, and I'm so sorry you were born into those sad other places. John 11, verse 45. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him, but some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Let's, let's look at this. This is a rather odd thing, but I don't want you to think it was a Jewish thing or so odd and so limited. Some saw what Jesus did and were thrilled. Others saw what Jesus did, but it didn't fit with their concept of what the Messiah should be about. Therefore, they went to check with their religious leaders to see if this was okay. Saying it that way makes this far more normal, because it really is. I have seen things, I can remember um, when I was a boy, and I, I would look about and say, are we allowed to do that? Is that okay? And, in fact, there are places on the Internet you can go that will tell you everything we do here is wrong. And that it just not... But if you're... Can I just be so bold? And maybe... I, I don't mean to be arrogant. But don't you feel Jesus in the room here when we're singing and hugging on each other? And one of the reasons we want to do this big cruise idea is we can't get you to leave. People here like each other. And we thought, wouldn't it be cool to get to be out in a place where you don't have to leave each other? You know, I would still have a retreat and wouldn't let you know which room I'm in, but the rest of you can visit. Uh, and you, you understand the concept, is that we, we like each other, but there are people who, you know, I was sent a warning yesterday, uh, three different messages by guys saying, this little family in the West Tennessee, is, is they're, they're going to try to come after you. Well, it's too late. They've done that before. And, and they're, they're, they're going on the war path here, and, the, and I'm just going, you know, this is not new, and I am not afraid. Fear is just not an option for a Christian, period. I don't, I don't understand fear, frankly. Uh, I, my little grandson asked me why I was never afraid, and I, I just explained some things to him. But then I had to go back to him, and I said, Lucas, I don't think I answered that question right. Let me let you know something. I used to be afraid, but it never helped. It never made the situation better. So I decided not to. And then we worked with that. But anyway, back here, they go and check. The Pharisees and the, and the chief priests call a meeting. Chief priests, let's talk about this. Back in this day, the priesthood was originally, uh, before this, it had been sold by the uh, usurpers. Uh, think of the Greeks that had taken over. 
uh, Antiochus Epiphanes in particular, and it would be sold to the highest bidder. By the time this was written, there was a rotation of priesthoods. To keep the peace, the Pharisees had a priest every so often. The, the uh, Sadducees had a priest every often. And so out of that pool, who got to run the service? Who got to run the place for a certain amount of months? Was always, and so these were the chief priests. At this time, Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, as you'll see. But he says, what are we accomplishing? Here's this man performing many signs. If we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him, and then the Romans will come and take away both our temple and our nation. Let's talk about this. If we let him keep doing this. Have you ever wondered why some people spend their entire lives writing about, attacking, and speaking against other churches? What is the point? Well, the point is, they don't want their people to see freedom. They don't. It, there's an old, old song, How Can You Keep Them Down on the Farm After They've Seen Paris? Once they've seen this, how are you going to let them be happy with this? We weren't allowed to go to youth rallies or such, and we were told it was for the, to be, you know, keep our faith solid. And I think that was part of it, but the main part was they didn't want us to see what it could be, because then we wouldn't be happy. And they made a strategic mistake in my part of the church. I don't mean to make this all about me, but some of you were raised in churches like mine. They, lessened, they, they loosened the rules in vacation Bible school. Do you remember that? You got to sing with hand motions. You got to sing fun songs, songs which made zero sense, like the booster song. Seriously? Songs that were offensive upon reflection, like Abra Abra Ham Ham Ham, Wandering Jews song. I last heard that two years ago. I, I, I kid you not. I will not say what state I was in, but it was a youth rally. When I started singing that song, I actually left the room thinking, oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. So one of our people taught this song, and it's still out there. But then after they loosened the rules, what happened next Sunday? You couldn't clap. You couldn't move. Songs are serious. It was all blood and whips and night with Eben Penyon, which actually is a brilliant song. Um, but there was none of that. And then camp, there was some relaxation of rules. And it bred what they call in the psychological world strategic discontent. And the cracks began to form. It took a long time. But people are terrified. I have, as far as I can tell, I and this church has never been attacked online, in letters, or in person by a church which is growing. Now, do you see? I do not mean any offense with this illustration. It's just the only one I can think of. I love dogs. Always have loved dogs. Don't have one now because I love dogs my lifestyle would not be kind to a dog. And so I miss him. I still want a dog twice a day because a dog is so happy to see you that everybody needs that a couple times a day, right? Cat is kind of like, huh, you were gone. Um, you'll find a little present in your shoe. Um, dogs are different, and I love dogs. But I learned very early in life that a dog loves me with all of its heart, and I love that dog, but if it's injured, 
it will bite me if I try to touch it. You understand that? Uh, in fact, I got bitten by a dog that got run over by a bicycle. And uh, it broke its tail, which as a boy, I didn't know there was a bone in there. But there was. Reached down and got bitten. And I just could not. I was talking to my dad. What? But this is my dog. And he explained it to me. When things are dying, they bite. They're afraid they're going to die. What's going to happen to our nation? We've got a good thing going here. With the Romans, we've got this peace treaty going. If, we don't, if we're not disruptive, they're going to let us keep going. We might lose our temple. We might lose our place. One of them named Caiaphas, who was high priest that year, now you know why, there's a rotation, spoke up. You know nothing at all. You don't realize that it's better for you that one man die for the people than that the whole nation perish. This is your religious leader saying, you know something? Sometimes somebody's got to die so we can keep our position and keep things going well. Whoa. Every so often I'll hear people say, you know, things are worse today than they've ever been. I always say, read a book. Nope, no, no. We are, uh, we're doing pretty well. This would not fly in most churches, would it? Most churches would have shut this down. This was not just accepted. Look at the next bit. He did not say this on his own, but as high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the Jewish nation. And not only for that nation, but also for the scattered children of God to bring them together and make them one. What in the world's going on? Caiaphas originally tried to ride Jesus and the story. Hey, we're all part of this. This is him, and this is going to work. But then Jesus didn't work out. Jesus let Caiaphas down because Jesus was going to change things. And Jesus wasn't going to bring a sword. And Jesus wasn't going to make Israel a great nation politically. He was going to make a spiritual nation. And that let Caiaphas down. Do you remember later, Jesus is, has been beaten to where his eyes are swollen, but they blindfold him anyway. Blood is running down his eyes from the crown of thorns. And the soldiers are making a game out of hitting him and teasing him, saying, hey, you're a prophet, tell us who hit you. Remember that? And then they're brought before Caiaphas, and one of the, the accusations, they say, do you claim to be the son of God? And he looks at Caiaphas, and he said, that's what you've said. And they hit him. How dare you answer the high priest so? Actually, Annas said it that, I believe it was Annas, but whichever one. Um, they, they rode with him for a while, then they left him because he wasn't taking them where they wanted to go. There's a lesson there. There's a whole sermon there. Will you go with Jesus when he takes you where you do not want to go? Remember, he said that to Peter. He said, you will be taken by the hand and led to a place you don't want to go. And he was. He was crucified. Oof. Um, he did not say this on his own. That just, that just makes me shudder. That means a group believed this. From that day on, they plotted to take his life. Therefore, Jesus no longer moved about publicly among the people of Judea. Instead, he withdrew to a region near the wilderness to a place called Ephraim, where he stayed with his disciples. I want to make sure everybody understands something here. There's a difference between not being afraid and being stupid. I'm not afraid of burglars. 
but I do lock my doors. I'm not afraid of being robbed in a parking lot at Cold Springs, but I lock my doors and I keep my eyes open. The Bible says, be wise. Keep your eyes open. Be wise. Jesus was not afraid, but he was wise. So he didn't go where they were hunting him. He went elsewhere. So again, the idea of, well, I'm not afraid. Well, I, I have insurance on my house, my car, my life. Why? Because bad things happen. Am I afraid of that? No, no, but I'm not stupid. Sometimes I'm stupid. Most of the time, I'm above the stupid mark. How's that? We'll just do that. So it's all right to take precautions. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, many went up from the country to Jerusalem for their ceremonial cleansing before the Passover. They kept looking for Jesus. And as they stood in the temple courts, they asked one another, what do you think? Isn't he coming to the festival at all? But the chief priests and the Pharisees had given orders that anyone who found out where Jesus was should report it so that they might arrest him. So nobody's going to answer that does know because they don't know who is seeking Jesus and who is a spy. And it's a very difficult time. Remember, there were no chapter breaks. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived. Where Lazarus lived. I love that phrasing because Lazarus was dead the last time he came to Bethany. Now he lives. Whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at table with him. Mary took a, about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Now something similar, rather, happened in Luke 7. But that was a prostitute. She also rubbed his feet with the hair. And if you remember, when we went through that story in our look at the Sermon on the Mount, we brought out Lauren, and Lauren did a drama, a one-person drama, and it was amazing about that woman. I think we need to think about this for a while. This is a, this is a people where a woman's hair is her glory, and it was generally hidden, especially if she's married. There is a, and there were two different ways to hide it, actually. Uh, one single and one married. That was so common. Even in Scotland, all the way through the 1800s, there's a different hat for the married than there was for the, the unmarried. I don't know if that was true in America or not. Hats have not been a big study uh, field for me. The point is um, to then use your hair to wipe his feet was... One, it, it was scandalous because it, uh, hair was considered uh, a reflection of your sex. And so this was too intimate. But it was also very much a sign of, I take my crowning glory. Do you remember? That's what Paul called it, the glory of woman. And use it to wipe feet, which was the lowliest job in the house. She was doing what in a very noble, stylistic way knights do when they bow the knee before the queen and the queen taps them with the sword. And you've seen that on television, so it must be true. Actually, they, they do that. 
Um, but we don't often think about what that is. This is a man giving himself before a person and allowing them to behead them if they choose. That's what that whole thing's about. It's complete submission. Uh, like a dog rolling over. I give up. Uh, complete submission. That's what she was doing. It was an intimate act, and nobody there would have misunderstood what she was saying. She was not trying to flirt with Jesus. She was saying, you are everything. And I am your servant, the lowest of the servants. So we get this? Now, sometimes when we read these stories, especially the Luke 7 one, we can get all pious and say, look at those people that disagreed with this and that, oh, that, they were being very awful. This woman was just trying to love Jesus. Don't we? That's where we go. We don't seem to realize in these stories, we are Judas and the Pharisees. If you don't believe that, I want you just to think for a moment. What will happen next Sunday? I'm doing a thin places story and a woman breaks from the herd and it's a loose woman. Everybody knows that's a loose woman. You can look at her the way she's dressed, perfumey and the like, and then she comes forward, pushes me backward into one of these chairs. I'd have to angle myself appropriately. Rips off my shoes and starts crying on my feet and kissing them. How many people in this room would go, oh, praise Jesus. That's a beautiful thing, that is. No, we'd all be going, oh, you know, hide the kids. You know, I don't know what's going on here. How does he know her? How does she know him? What's the history? You know, there, there would be there would be things online before services were over. People would just be please remember if you hold your phones up, turn them sideways. Anyway, the um sorry, I almost got distracted there. The point is we often jump to the wrong place and we paint ourselves as a different character in the story. We're the bad guys. Yes. You're exactly right. We do that about my, if you didn't hear, and he was saying he does this, I, I've, I've caught myself doing it. We're going to put that much money into a children's ministry. We should have been using that for the missionary work, or we should be using that for the children's ministry. Or have you seen the van that the kids have to go in? We need a safer, bigger van for them. Why are we giving the minister a raise? And, you know, that doesn't happen that often. But, uh, and, 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 and I'm well paid. It shouldn't. I am fine. Um, but, you know, why aren't we doing, by the way, we do have some staff members, I think, that are underpaid. I'm not one of them, so I'll just, let me lay that out there. Um, there are, you know, why aren't we using the money, for, in fact, for the capital campaign? It's been very easy to say, why are we, you know why we need it. We'll lose this thing. Um, if you don't know this, the city would love this property. <laughs> if we don't take care of it, they can come take it. The Kelo decision was one of the worst Supreme Court decisions since Dred Scott. But it's a Supreme Court decision that says they can come take it when they want to take it. But they have to have a purpose. And it could be we need the tax. That's, that was what Kelo was about. Or that this isn't safe. They didn't maintain it. 
So we have to if we want our base here. But it is so easy in my own heart to think, you know, there are missionaries that don't have stuff. Fact is, there are always going to be something else you could have done with those dollars. We went on a cruise. Why didn't you give that to the poor? Well, because sometimes you need a cruise. Sometimes you need to be away. Sometimes you need... And in fact, did not Jesus here even say, this is a good use. Here's the thing that I have to learn. Quit judging what other people do with their money and pay attention to what I do with mine. How's that? It's a hard lesson, though, isn't it, John? It, it really is. Oh, I got... Oh, I'll tell me. Came to America. I got really self-righteous. At a, one of our deacons came in with a Mercedes, brand new Mercedes. I don't know what it would have cost back then. This is the late 80s. I'm going to say today it would probably be like an $85,000, $90,000 car. And I'm just going, oh, that money could have. I went right here. I did. <coughs> Until somebody reminded me that my car was pretty, it was a little Dodge Omni, but the Plymouth Horizon version. But, you know, it, it was sweet. It had corduroy seats. Automatic transmission. We came, from, we came from Scotland. We thought it was huge. You know, because in Scotland, I don't know if you've seen their cars. They're pretty small. I'll show you. No, they're, they're small. <laughs> and they said, you know, that would be pretty rich most places in the world. Boy, I didn't like that lesson. But I had to learn it. Um, I can get self-righteous quickly. I have lots of practice. One of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. Now, would that, would that trip your wire then? What if somebody came? I don't know what a year's wages would be in, Frank, in Franklin, in, in Williamson County. So I'm just going to throw a number out there. Let's say $80,000. Who knows what the thing is? And they put $80,000 into a nice little improvement for the stage. Would that trip anybody's wire? I think it would. I think it would trip mine. I would have to continually say, stop it, stop it, stop it. Because this is done because this is what they want to give to God. Let them give it to God. You know, I've walked into churches before and seen an organ, and I'm going, well, that was a hard decision. Buy that organ or feed Thailand. You know, but, and I had to catch myself. Wait a minute, this has nothing to do with me. This is wrong. So I'm right there with you, John. Yes, Matthew. And I think that going on the line of sin righteousness and wisdom to gap there, uh, you know, should have been there in Scotland and didn't do it. Obviously, I have access to some of the most beautiful churches and cathedrals. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, but at the same time, it's one of the thinnest places in the world. That, that's an excellent point. We can build these, you know, the cathedrals of Europe. You can walk in and go, you know, people were living in the mud when this was made. This was a waste of money. Sometimes, perhaps, sometimes perhaps it was a monument to human arrogance, but you need to know what the churches were built for. 
when you walk into these churches, there is a plan in the church. You start with more minor characters on the side. As you move closer, you get more major characters in, in Scripture and the stained glass and the like or, or statuary uh, to where you get the apostles and then you come up to the center with the Trinity. And in fact, most of them will have three major windows to illustrate the Trinity because the whole concept is to show their people heaven, to usher them into heaven. The people who are experts at this, Roman Catholics do a great job. The Greek Orthodox have a theology of how to build that is to bring you into heaven the closer you get. They're, to the, they're so serious about it, they don't have seats. You stand in the presence of your God. Or you lay flat in prayer. But you don't do halfway. You don't even kneel. I, I'm saying that. I've never seen that happen. I'll put that, I don't believe they kneel. It's either standing or all the way down. By the way, you can go visit, and they do not require you to go all the way down. Uh, they're, they're friendly, and they understand you're visiting. But you, worship services can last three and four hours. Pack a lunch. No, don't do that, because you're not going to eat it there. But again, those buildings were built for a reason, to give people hope. And people look at that and say, what a waste of money. I'd like to invite you to take a drive through Tennessee, Texas. You'll see poor towns. The biggest, most elaborate building is the government building. That's where the money went. All we did was change gods. Moving on. A year's wage. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief, his keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Wow. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. Leave her alone. Jesus protected women. The men of God do not prey on women. The men of God protect them. The men of God do not look at women as meat, or as beings to be used. They treasure and hallow them, and not as objects of beauty, although I think women are beautiful in all of their different shapes and sizes. I, I, I marvel at how God does that. I think women are beautiful. They're not adornments for the world, even though they adorn the world. They are also here for us to listen to. They have wisdom. They have brains. They have a different viewpoint. I wish I could pray like the average woman I've heard prays. I'm still in the British commando uh, school of prayer. Get in, do your job, get out. Women pray and they talk to God. They really talk to him. Instead of, I have a list of demands, God. Here they are. And it's amazing to me. I'm humbled by it. Jesus says, leave her alone. You ought to just read the Gospels one of these days and look for every time Jesus stood up for women, complimented women, stopped them being harassed, and you're going to see that's what he did. And it could be because he remembers his mama, too. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. Now, she had saved for this, knowing that Jesus would die one day to be given for that. But she'd broken it out then. She knew more about what was coming than the disciples did. Perhaps because she paid attention. Guys, sorry, 
I love guys too, but let's deal with this reality. I've taught a lot of people how to shoot. I know how to shoot. It's an odd hobby for a minister, but if I'm sitting there cleaning a the Glock, it does tend to shorten the elders' meetings. So, and, <clears throat> so I, but I'm, I've always been a shooter. I'm not a hunter. I'm not opposed to hunting. I'm just never hunted, you know, and, and I've never shot a person. You know, I'm, I'm shooting paper, all right? That's it. But I've always, I've always done it, and I've taught a lot of people how to shoot. <coughs> My experience here is not unusual. Every person I've talked to said the same. Women are better shots. And the reason? They don't bring their ego to the room. They listen. They pay attention. And their ego is not a part of the process. Um, I don't know who is now, but the, the champion shooter, all the different services, there's a, there's a competition every year. But for a few years was a woman. I believe she was Army. Uh, and didn't surprise me a bit, not a bit. She understood something they did not. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found that Jesus was there. Hey, go back, go back, go back, go back. Chapter 11, verse 57. Anybody who finds him, report it. Now, a large crowd has found that Jesus was there and came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, who he raised from the dead. Lazarus had become a tourist attraction. <coughs> For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus. Look at that phrase, going over to Jesus. Now, if they're going over to Jesus, who are they leaving? Caiaphas, Annas, the high priest, the chief priest, the system. The system. The system does not want you gone. The last, um, I'm not going to go into politics. I'm just going to say, one of the new heads of one of the major departments in, uh, in America submitted his budget request this last week, and it didn't make the news, and it should have. It's a major one. His budget request was zero. He said, there's not a need for this function. Here's a guy in charge of it saying, we don't need this function. Most things in government or power, remember their main job is to keep their job and keep their power. What happens when you don't need it anymore? Um, Tennessee still has a rural electrification project. <laughs> it's kind of like the tolls on the Pennsylvania and Ohio Turnpike. We're only going to do that to pay for the road. That was during the Eisenhower administration. You're still paying them. Governments, systems don't like losing power. How about, let's, let's do this on a, minor, uh, a minor. How about mamas that don't like their son loving and living with another woman? You know, there are mothers-in-law that, that live to poke at and show faults of their daughter-in-law. You've seen it? I've, I've seen it as well. Um... Why? Because she's lost her power. Now her little boy loves somebody else. You know, if we do this right, then this doesn't happen. But this is the way we go. If, it's, if the world's about us, this is the way it happens. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. All right, it's out now. This is out. You're not getting it back in. 
They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey. And if you, if you remember the other gospels, you know how that was found. And sat on it, as it is written, Do not be afraid, daughter Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. This is where I want to stop for just a moment. In the Old Testament, when a man was being made king, anointed king, they, they didn't crown kings. They anointed kings, and sometimes they had a crown. But um, the way it was shown that this was your next king, he was to ride a young donkey into Jerusalem. So this is done on purpose. All right, and I still hate seeing donkey after Shrek. Um, and I'm not allowed to use the other word. Um, perfectly good King James word. Anyway, at the Martin Luther King uh, worship this last Monday, I've, by the way, today I didn't bring this up during a sermon. Today, four years ago today, was my first sermon here as your minister. And so it, it's been a wonderful time for us. If it hasn't been for you, please keep that to yourself. Uh, but we've, we, we have loved it. This is one of our thin places. Absolutely is. But every, every year but one, I've marched with uh, Martin Luther King after, uh, people after the, the worship over here at um, First Missionary Baptist. Afterwards, we, after worship, we go and we stand as they stage the, the march. And I stand off by myself because I am an introvert. I am more comfortable on my own. And another minister, if I were to say his name, you would know, but I didn't ask for his permission, came up and started thanking me for all that Fourth Avenue is doing, for who you are. And he said, you're trying to, to turn the Titanic. And I'm thinking, don't pick the Titanic. <laughs> and then uh, I, I think maybe what he's saying is so that we don't end up in an iceberg or something. But that, that I was thinking, no, go for aircraft carrier or something like that. And I had to explain to him, no, these people were like this before I got here. That's why we came. We found our people. These people were doing good without, and the reason is this donkey. That's why I have to say it. Let me explain. This donkey didn't know what was going on. All he knew is everybody was very happy to see him. They were. They were throwing things down so he would have a comfy walk. They were singing Hosanna. They were singing and dancing at his arrival. He thought, I'm the greatest donkey that ever lived, ever. Don't be the donkey. Remember, when people praise us, it is because of the Jesus in us, not us. Sometimes I've gotten confused and thought, I've, I've become the donkey. Don't do that. This is all about Jesus. All right, that said, we only got a couple minutes. At first, his disciples did not understand this. They're not stupid. This is just the first time it happened. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things have been written about him, and that these things have been done to him. And the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb raised and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they'd heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. So the Pharisees looked to one another. This is getting us nowhere. Look how the whole world has gone after him. Uh, just very briefly, in their phrasing and use of language, they are not exaggerating. When Paul would later say that the gospel has gone out into all of the world, past tense, he was not exaggerating. 
When the Bible uses the word world, it means the world of the speaker. In Paul's world, Jesus had gone out everywhere. Here, in the Pharisees' world, everybody they saw was running after Jesus. They didn't mean the people in Finland and South America. It's their world. All right? So, that. But let's not lose the bigger point. The bigger point is the people who met Jesus, saw Jesus, and knew Jesus loved Jesus. I think sometimes we make it awfully hard on ourselves and we we develop a method to get people in our church building or a method to get them to follow Jesus. I don't want to do that. Show them Jesus. If they won't listen to Jesus, just show them Jesus and they'll follow you. Uh, Your church will grow because you are reflecting the light. You're not the donkey. You're reflecting the light of God. I've never grown a church with a program, ever. It's always been with love people till they follow you home. Love people till they ask you why. And then share until they're done listening and stop. As um, St. Francis once said, preach the gospel always. And if necessary, use words. All right, we'll leave it there. It's a cliffhanger, so don't read ahead. Don't spoil it for the rest of us.